Getting close to lunchtime, getting close to the long weekend, either of which are a great time to be thinking about food, which brings me to It's Eating Time with Belton Johnson, and Belton joins us this morning. Thanks for being here, Belton. How are you doing? Oh, did we lose him? We might have lost Belton. Let's uh, let's come back to that in a second. While you're uh, chance you're grabbing Belton onto the uh, onto the phone, I'm just going to revisit because there was a couple of bugs and hugs that I didn't get in, and that was a bit of a challenging thing. We had so many people that were that were sending it. I thought this one was funny. Mark in Saskatoon says, "Here's my bug: businesses that have double entrance doors but keep one locked." What's the point of having double doors? <laughs> that that actually made me laugh out loud when I saw that. I thought that was uh, pretty good. Lots of stuff on teachers. I mentioned CJ uh, sent a text in saying teachers are negotiating wages and scope of work with the province and the school boards, facilities, curriculum, special needs, programs. In consultation with teachers and parents, negotiate with the province my opinion, school board association should be responsible for negotiating the classroom complexity policy along with the budget to accommodate it. Where is the SSBA? That's the bug from CJ. And, you know, we've asked that question a few times. I've, I've said many times. We actually threw it out there. We were trying to have a representative from the school boards come on. The answer was, no, we won't because we can't talk about the ongoing negotiations that are going on. I still say, okay, fair enough. We won't ask about the negotiations, but I think we can talk about all of these other education challenges that have happened. And it's, it's challenging. There was, uh, we did have someone who is a member on a school board who had posted something on their social media. Our newsroom reached out to them. Nope. Won't talk uh, to the radio station. Won't come on the air. Maybe when this is all over, someone comes on the air and talks to us or maybe not. Maybe they, maybe they, they believe they don't talk to the media, but it's frustrating. And there's a lot of texts on the text line through bugs and hugs talking about exactly that. All right. I think we got the big man on the phone, Belton Johnson. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? There, <laughs> good. Right? I was worried for a second there. We dropped the signal and I'm like, I'm starving. It's eating time. And I got a fork in my hand and I got nobody here to cook for me. <laughs> well, I'm ready to cook for you. Well, listen, last week when we chatted, it was just heading into Super Bowl weekend. And your famous words were, Evan, I'm not betting against the Chiefs again. <laughs> You've wisened up in Belton. It would have paid off if you, if you were betting on that game. The Chiefs uh, managed to pull that one out. They, they did, Evan, and, you know, I'm not sure how it kind of happened. It's just Mahomes, right? I felt like Mahomes put the cloak on his back. He put the team on his back, ran for some yards, got some big games, threw some nice passes, and guess what? The Chiefs were crowned champs back-to-back now. He looked uh, he looked pretty calm. I, I mentioned this. Uh, Jamie and I were talking about it earlier in the week, and I said, you know, he looked pretty calm. In that overtime, while the Purdy and the, and the 49ers were marching down the field, they cut to him a couple of times, and he was smiling. He looked like, uh, no problem. I know I'm getting the ball, and I know what we can do. And, and that's he's been there. He's done it, right? Like, how many years now has he, this young man been in the Super Bowls and everything? What, only 28 years old, and you're right. He was calm. He was cool. He co- was collected. And just me as a, a former football player, old lineman, 
I've loved quarterbacks that are just calm like that. Uh, I had a pretty good one there at Ole Miss, uh, old Eli Manning. He, we always called him Easy E because he was just calm, cool, and collected. I like that. You know, it's tragic, though, when we watch they're trying to celebrate the Super Bowl win in Kansas City, uh, a city that's not that big, like 509,000 people in Kansas City. It's not a big community, but they've got thousands in the streets, and then gun violence breaks out. To, so tragic to see that unfold. That, that was. I was uh, sad to hear that because, you know, that, again, you know, uh, people that got hurt and took away from, you know, that moment and everything, right? And um, never want to hear or see anything like that, uh, you know, actually kind of makes me worry sometimes, you know, big crowds yeah. and everything, right? Yeah, it's uh, it it literally. We just were talking about that on the show the other day. I said it, it makes you want to not be part of a big crowd, especially yeah. in the states. I mean, we're not immune to it in Canada, but boy, I'll tell you, an average of over one mass shooting happening in the in the United States a day. That's sobering. Yeah. Sobering. That, that, that's yeah. That's it's sad, Evan. I man. I, listen, I want to quickly talk about just uh, riders were pretty active during free agency. I feel like this is as, as active as we've seen them in recent history. Uh, people are pumped up about this new running back. Oh, they they needed to be active. They, you know, the, re, the riders, I think they did a great job. Uh, you know, running back, uh, A.J. Ouellette, right? He's, if I said it once, I said it twice. Like, to me, he embodies you know, that Saskatchewan spirit, just the way he was run the ball there with the Argos and everything. And, you know, a tough, gritty guy. And But I'm going to tell you, the best piece that I like, Evan, is the offensive lineman, Mr. Hartrick. I'm, I knew that I'm, you'd be drawn to that, Belton. <laughs> Once an O-lineman, always an O-lineman. That's right, Evan. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a big fella, and he will be uh, a menace on that line for sure. And that's that's what I look for with O linemen. You know, I you know even when I'm coaching football, you know I, I tell the kids football is not a nice man sport. It's a violent sport, right? And you know uh, that guy Hardrick, um, you know what? I think he eats gunpowder. <laughs> Explosive off the line. You're setting up some uh, good radio promos right there with your words. <laughs> well, listen, Belton. It's uh, I've got my uh, my pen in one hand to write the recipe, my fork in the other hand to try the recipe. What are we cooking up today for its eating time? Well, today, Evan, what we have is Guinness and beef stew. And I don't know about you, but the the weather's uh, cooled down a little bit more than what I have been used to here over the past <laughs> few days. So, with this recipe here, what we want to do is start by uh, cooking bacon right so we're going to get some that bacon get it chopped up and everything we're going to cook it in a heavy skillet over medium heat until the bacon is browned and crisp the house is going to smell great belton oh man it's it's like a christmas all over again man with that bacon <laughs> so what we're going to do is uh once that bacon is browned and crisp we want to turn off the heat and transfer the bacon to a large stewing pot and once you got that bacon in your stewing pot we want to uh, reserve the bacon fat in that skillet, Evan. And I, I know you're a country guy, so I know you know what I'm talking about here. So, <laughs> I do, yes. So what we're going to do next, we're going to season some beef chuck cues with salt pepper. We're going to turn the heat uh, back up on high in that skillet with the bacon fat. We're going to sit those beef pieces 
until they're browned and everything. Once those uh, beef pieces are browned, and again, we use that bacon fat, we're going to uh, place the stewed meat, we're going to place that beef in the stewing pot with the, uh, with the bacon. Remember, we got the bacon in the stewing pot. We got the beef that we just browned uh, and everything in the stewing pot. And we're going to uh, leave the fat in the skillet. Still got to use the bacon fat here. So the next thing we're going to do, turn down the heat a bit. We're going to toss in some onions uh, and garlic in that stewing or in the skillet there. Get it all mixed up, browned and everything. Once that's done, Evan, we're going to pour it into the uh, the pot there. And guess what, Evan? What? My favorite, my favorite pot, part. We're going to pour some beer in that skillet, and we're going to get those brown bits up, what we call deglazing. Are you still with I'm you? with you. I'm, are we pouring the whole beer in? You know where I'm going with this? <laughs> we, can, we can pour until you got about a quarter quarter of a can left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like the way you're thinking. All right, so we're going to pour the cooking liquid from the skillet into the stew pot, and then we're going to stir in some tomato paste, thyme sprigs, carrots, celery, bit of sugar, black pepper, and enough beef broth to cover. So we're... We got that stewing pot. We're going to stew. Uh, we're going to let it bring it to a simmer and just turn the heat to low and everything so it can simmer. And once that beef is fork tender, which will take about two hours or so, then we can skim that fat a little bit in the foam from the stewing pot. Are you still with me? I'm with you, Belton. I'm with you. I'm, I'm hungry. It's been oh, two it's, hours, we're, Belton. We're, 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 we're building up. So. <laughs> The next thing we're going to do is remove the cover. We're going to raise that heat a bit. We're going to bring the stew to a low boil, cook it until it's slightly thickened. Next thing we're going to do is remove those thyme sprigs, add a little bit of salt, pepper. And my favorite part, we're going to serve with mashed potatoes, ladle some of that stew over the top. Guess what, Evan? Uh, what is it, Belton? It's eating time. It's eating time. I love it. That was a big buildup today. Oh, yeah. Big I, got, I, got, <laughs> I got carpal tunnel trying to write that recipe as you're going along. Then I thought, what am I doing? It's available on the website. You can get it on Facebook. Belton, as always, we appreciate you giving us some time on a Friday morning and giving us something to try out this long weekend. Absolutely, Evan. You have a great long weekend. Okay, my friend. Thanks very much. That's Belton Johnson with It's Eating Time here at 11 o'clock every Friday on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, bugs and hugs off the charts today in terms of the number of callers and texters that we got, and I very much appreciate that. It's uh, lots on people's minds, and and people are are sharing and, and weighing in. And I typically will put together a few of my own because, you know, sometimes you need to be able to talk about a couple of different things that are bugging you to get people rolling, get people thinking of it. You didn't need that. You didn't need that nudge today. You were on the phones instantly, but there was one that I wanted, I wanted to get to and I wanted to talk about. So this is with regard to the BC sex offender, Randall Hopley. You remember this guy? So Randall's the guy. He's a BC found guilty sex offender, done time as a sex offender. He abducted a three year old boy back in 2011. He also sexually assaulted a five-year-old boy. He assaulted an adult female. He admitted to a range of sexual offenses against prepubescent girl and two young boys. So he does six years in custody. 
And then he's released on a 10-year supervision order. So for 10 years, he's on a supervision order because he is a registered sex offender. Randall Hopley, of course, lives in a community custody facility, has the ability to come and go. In fact, has the ability to leave overnight if if is given permission. So there's some rules to be followed, but has that ability. Since he's been on this 10-year supervision order, and it has been far from 10 years, it hasn't even been close to that yet, he has repeatedly breached his order by doing the following things. He has struck up a secretive friendship and association with another high-profile sex offender. He has bought lingerie. He has been found to be searching pornographic websites and dating websites. He's using computers and libraries to browse underwear ads. He's reading articles about young boys. He's breaching his close contact clause by being within close proximity to children in the library. Oh, and he cut off his monitoring bracelet. So he's done all of those things. Correction Services Canada recommend that BC sex offender Randall Hopley be stripped of his leave privileges from his community custody facility. The parole board met and Wednesday announced no new conditions or restrictions. It's business as usual. He will still be allowed overnight unsupervised leave. How is that possible? You want to talk about a parole system that's broken? Like we get worked up and we talk about bail reform on here. Like this is a guy. Do you want this guy wandering around your community unsupervised when he, number one, has the record that he does for sexual offenses, especially against children? has repeatedly breached his order in the last number of years, was recommended by Correction Services Canada that he be stripped of his leave privileges, and the parole board meets and says no new conditions or restrictions, and he still will be allowed overnight unsupervised leave. You want to talk about a bug? It's ridiculous to me that that, that, that can even happen. We need reform. There's parts of our justice system that are clearly not working and parole better be included when we get there, when we get to reform and we're not there yet, it better be included. Needs to be. All right. Back to the teacher stuff, because if I look at the the line here, the uh, text line, we had so many people texting in and you can tell by the nature of the text that frustrations are rising. Andre in Saskatoon says, here's a big bug for you regarding the teacher government negotiations. It's incredibly shameful how these folks are acting. Which folks? These folks. Teachers and government. They're like children having a tantrum, both of them blaming each other for difficulties, unable, unwilling to compromise, refusing to talk. It's disrespectful. It's unprofessional. Basically, Andre is saying, we don't accept this behavior from our kids. We certainly should not be getting it from provincial leaders and teachers. Jay in Saskatoon showing his frustration says, hey, if teachers are really pushing for a deal, now they're going on a holiday, maybe they would be better on the picket lines through the holiday break. That's Jay in Saskatoon. Definitely people are worked up about the teacher situation, which, by the way, we're just hearing now that the the province had invited them back to the bargaining table. 
but told them that they didn't have a new mandate. And the STF said, no, we're not coming back. The STF said, we will not be coming back unless you've got a new mandate, because the mandate that you were given that we heard Monday, Tuesday, in the limited time that we spent together, wasn't good enough to get a deal then, and it's not good enough to get a deal now. So the teachers, who of course are on rotating strikes today in Prince Albert, North Battleford, who are not doing lunch hour supervision in about 30 minutes from now, anywhere in Saskatchewan, will be continuing with their rotating strikes, or maybe we'll hear something else. That's the other thing. People are speculating. You know, when we've got the school break coming up all next week, that February break or reading week, whatever they call it. Well, maybe maybe we will hear. People are speculating that the teachers might go on a full-scale strike after that February break so the kids wouldn't actually return to school on the Tuesday. Is that, you know, is that what's going to happen? The province, they came out yesterday. It's, I mean, this is all strategic, right? There's There's a lot of method to the madness. But the province came out yesterday with a new formula designed to support schools dealing with rising enrollment, particularly due to immigration new Canadians. So the new formula includes a threshold that basically determines the eligibility of schools for after September funding. So you start the school year with a set amount of funding based on enrollment numbers that will be assessed between October 1st and the end of January. The school, if enrollment growth is substantial enough, they might be in line for more funding. So they just made this announcement Yesterday, and of course, this coincides with the other announcement this week 32 million bucks invested to 40 new portable classrooms. So the teachers are saying, Yeah, that's all fine and good, but it doesn't address the classroom complexity. The province is pointing at all of these initiatives and pilot projects, saying, Hey, look at what we're doing. This is what we're prepared to do. And, I, and I've said this before to me, I think these moves are definitely a move to avoid some sort of uh, arbitrated settlement that they don't want. But will they even get to arbitration? I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. Anyway, teachers, definitely a hot topic still as we head into the school break. We'll see. Maybe next week we'll uh, we'll simmer things a little bit and uh, cooler heads will prevail. Yet to be seen. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.